The Aaron Arnett Show. They thought they could keep him locked up in radio purgatory. But they were wrong. And now he's back for one final stand. With the most intelligent expression of free speech, still legal in all 50 states. For now at least. Here he is, the future of radio, Aaron Arnett. Hello, America. It is Monday, and we are back. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally, and please excuse me for the tardessa, as they say in Spanish, for the tardiness. It has been a tumultuous couple of weeks. That is for sure. And it, it's, I mean, it's been crazy here in the very Southern Command. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh used to call his area the Southern Command. We're really Southern here. And I'm excited to be back at it once again this week. I've been doing a lot of thinking about our current state of affairs over the past week. A lot of thinking. I've got to be honest that some days it just seems like, why do a show? Because it's a slow news day or nothing really stands out to me. Now, if this were on the radio five days a week or something like that, we'd make it work and we'd take more listener feedback and things like that. But in this current state of the program... It gives me time to pause and think about what is really worth your time to download and listen. Because there's a lot of a lot of filler space that happens in, in the radio world. But here we're on a podcast, and in this podcast form, I'm not going to waste your time. At least I don't want to. For example, later in the program, I want to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. I think it's a very important thing going on right now. But I don't want to just talk about something to talk about it. I want to give you the important information that you need so that you can be educated when you talk to somebody about it on the street or more likely on Facebook, arguing on Facebook, right? But the point of this program isn't just to enrage you. It's about principles, thought, and trying to take a look at this in a way that's a little different than most of what you'll see on talk radio. Or listen to and talk radio, I guess. So in the past week, I've been thinking a lot about our current state of affairs, like I said. And so far in earlier episodes of this program, I've been acting under the assumption that we are losing America. The America we once knew. It's felt like that for a long time. That we were seeing social boundaries being broken over and over again. Maybe you felt like we were on this slippery slope and that one day we'd wake up and the old America would be gone. This past week, though, I had a little bit of an aha moment. What if we've already lost it? What if it's too late? What if we've already gone past that point? What if the election of 2020 was the final knockout blow? Now, I'm not saying that what if the 2020 election was stolen from us and America has been stolen from us? That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is that what if, let's just suppose, let's enter the realm of thought, the theater of the mind, if you will, and let's suppose that that election was 100% uh, certifiably true that no nefarious things went on. 
Let's make that assumption. Go into this hypothesis with me, this or this hypothetical with me. Let's say that it was 100% legit. Well, look at the results. Just over half the country voted for Joe Biden. Quite the loser. But somehow, this man, J. Robinette Biden, who's on death's door and inching ever so closer every single day. I almost said something... <laughs> I almost said something very mean, but I decided not to. He's he's getting closer to meeting his maker every single day, and he was already pretty close when you guys elected him. But let's say that that's real. What does that mean? Well, I think that would change our attitudes a little bit. Because I think that on the right, you have a little bit of a split. You have those like you who are informed who at least do a thorough checking through your news sites uh, once a day after work or listen to shows like this or on radio during your drive home. So you're informed about what's going on. But then there are others on the right who don't really care or seem not to. They might agree with you on pretty much every topic, but they don't read like you do. They don't educate themselves. They just know how they feel like voting. And that's about it. And that's very important because I know people who would say that they're conservative, maybe would say that they're a Christian, but maybe instead of saying that they're conservative, they would say that they're more, they're more of just like a realist and they're a centrist or whatever. But I don't, I don't believe that centrist is really an option. You have to make a decision one way or the other. We have a two party system. It actually, contrary to popular belief, is a good thing that we have a two-party system because it gives us two clear choices and doesn't end up so where every election is like the California recall fiasco where you end up with 30 candidates and only a couple of them seem legit and so then you just end up with the most popular every time. Luckily, we don't have that system on the federal level. It's a very good thing. But I don't believe there's anybody in the center. And they say, the people who would say they're in the center, I would say they're more, the majority of them, not everybody, but a lot of them are uneducated. And so what they do is they wait and they just see what's on the news. And they go, wow, that Trump guy, he's so mean. He's a mean guy. I can't vote for him because he's mean to me. He's mean to my friends. And so then they end up voting for the guy who for 47 years said he was against abortion but the moment that he's in power says you know what i think it's great to kill babies let's do it everybody line up so what do we do well if we're in the mindset that we've already lost we need to come together we need to stand for something different than what is the winning argument right now we need to come together to protect our families America as we knew it was sustained by the idea, one of them, and that idea was taking care of your family. The left doesn't care about the family. They only care about voters. I was explaining to somebody today that Democrats could fix, I mean, both sides really, but the Democrats are the champions of it. Democrats could fix immigration in the United States like that tomorrow. They could, 
but they dangle it. They dangle immigration like a carrot out every election cycle that they can because they know that turns people. They know that makes people feel something. And so they'll never fix immigration because I'm telling you tomorrow they have control of the house and the Senate and the presidency tomorrow. They could introduce legislation saying that just for example, because I think this is too, this is too far. They wouldn't do this. This makes too much sense. But if, if I were them, if I really, if I were in power and I really cared about fixing the immigration problem, I would say, look, as hard as it may be, we have to have a standard. And tomorrow, Democrats could go in and say, you know what? All right, we want to fix immigration. What are we going to do? Okay, we need to have a standard. What's that standard going to be? Well, gee, I don't know. Okay, well, we need to know who people are. So what we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, if you can get yourself to the southern border with a valid passport that we can verify from your own country, I don't care if that's Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, Brazil, if it's, I don't care if it's Turkmenistan, it, I think that's a country, but I, I don't care if it's any of the things. If you show up at the southern border and you have a valid passport, which we can verify. We can verify which passports are valid and which ones aren't. If you show up to the border with that document from your originating country and we're able to verify it, then what we're going to do is set you up with a tax ID number. How simple is that? You get your tax ID number. And well, it's important to differentiate between social security number and tax ID number because we could create two different funds. We could have a separate uh, social security type system that they also pay into. Meanwhile, also paying into our social security system, if that's what we want to do. Either way, even if you didn't want to do that, the point is you're creating a legal process in order to get into our country. And the Democrats have been in power of the House and the Senate multiple times over the years. They could have fixed this problem. So we need to we need to unite over ideas like that. They're uniting over ideas. We need to do it. We need to unite uh, on the right over a certain set of values. And here are some of them that I think they should be. Number one, that God created everything. And it's our job to take care of it in a just way. That means the earth. That means people. Now, <laughs> before you start thinking I'm some wacko environmentalist, I am not whatsoever. I think that you have the right to make a living. And if your living requires you to drive a semi-truck, you should be able to do it. If we can find good technologies that make sense economically and help help us to breathe better and don't you know pollute things... Awesome. That's being responsible. But forcing nonsensical mandates on people, uh, you know, on things like that, that I don't like. Number two, as such, since in number one, we agreed that God created everything and it's our job to take care of it in a just way. Number two, as such, God created all men equally, no matter their race, religion, etc. And that we stand for the equal treatment of and equal opportunity of all races, not the equal outcome, because only God determines the outcome, but the equal opportunity to prosper and to have happy families 
and to own businesses and to be employees, the equal opportunity for all men and all women that they have the equal opportunity, that we unite on that thing, that we unite to help black fathers to stay in the home, that we unite to help people of color to have the same opportunities as everyone else. But we can't guarantee the same outcomes. We'll help you to go to college if that's what you want to do, but we don't, we're not going to offer you a job at the end of it if you're not qualified. And we're not, even more aptly than that, somebody may offer you a job, and that's amazing, but we're not going to give you pay just for having a college degree. That, that's very important. Equal opportunity versus equity. God is the only one who determines the outcome. Number three, the right to bear arms. That will be our way of protecting that right that all men are created equal. Number four, that we stand for the Bill of Rights and that the rest of the Constitution of the United States. There is a reason that that last part is important to state. We need lawyers, judges, school board members that have read, agree with, and plan to implement the text of the Constitution of the United States of America. Our country right now is, is being run by people who believe in or govern not by the Constitution. They govern solely by their position based on an ideology that is, un, that is anti-American. Not just un-American, it's anti-American. For example, when the Democrats wanted to hand out more COVID money earlier this year and keep renters from having to pay their landlords, President J. Robinette Biden stated that he thought that what they were doing probably wasn't constitutional, but that that was for the courts to decide. Do you understand what that means? That means that instead of trying to accomplish their goals by searching for loopholes in the laws or being crafty within the rules of our governmental system, no, they weren't playing by the rules. They were willingly, openly breaking the rules and daring someone to stop them. That is not the way a government who respects the rule of law acts. That is the way third world countries govern. If it's gone, ladies and gentlemen, what can we do? We can take it back. Look at Virginia. If you saw the news of Virginia last week, that was the big talk all last week. And that's what I would have talked about on the program last week, but I'm glad I took the time to think about it a little more instead. Because history may read someday that Virginia was the first step in patriots retaking the country. Who knows what 2022 and 2024 hold? But it's hope. Because the history of the state of Virginia over the past past recent history is very interesting. For many years, Virginia was a red state. Then an influx of cold blue voters moved in as they changed the state to purple and eventually more blue than purple and voted in a governor, Ralph Northam, who in 2019 made a statement on a radio interview that he was fine with post-birth abortions. What happened last week in Virginia? That's a question for you. We are witnessing that there are still people out there who think like you and me. We don't want our kids taught that America is evil, that white people are evil, that they are racist for not being born black. Virginians sent a strong message that it is the parent's job to decide what their kid is taught, not a BLM lobbyist 
who joined the school board. And so there is hope. We may have lost the Republic in 2020 as we know it. I don't know. But there is a chance to peacefully take it back. But it's going to take a lot of mailers. It's going to take a lot of primarying idiot Republicans. And it's going to take being loud and heard in the streets. But it's going to take being wise as well. We are not the violent side. They are. We will take back our country by faith and by peace. Remember that. But why do I say it's lost? Talk about that more in a second. The Future of Radio. Once again, your host, The Future of Radio, Aaron Arnett. That's right. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple, on Spotify, and pretty much everywhere else where podcasts are found. You can just search for Aaron Arnett Show, and you can also go to AaronArnett.show to find out mo. The reason, you know, here's the thing. I don't want you to think that the sky is falling, that you need to go out and, and take to the streets with a pitchfork or something at the moment. You know, things are things are still in limbo, all right? But the reason that I say and, and came to came to this thought of what if it's already lost is I started to think about our Bill of Rights. And since March of 2020, just about a year and a half ago or more at this point, a year and eight months ago, so what is that, 20 months ago, it's been 20 months to uh, slow the, slow the, what is it? Flatten the curve. We've lost a lot of rights. And, and that's, that's true. Just looking at it, what rights do we have? Well, there's a lot of rights set out in, in our laws and whatnot, but somewhere specific to start just to be quick is the, the Bill of Rights. The First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof to be continued. The, the important part there is that, yes, this sits into a thing of, of, well, what does the law mean? It says Congress shall make no law. Well, precedent has shown that that right extends further out besides just rules made by Congress. But as far as the establishment of religion or they're prohibiting the free exercise thereof, those rights were taken away during COVID. Churches were forced to shut down. It also goes on and says, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people uh, peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Our freedom of speech was also taken away. Now, this is an iffy thing, but the point is this whole thing on misinformation, COVID misinformation. What happened to free speech? Can't I suggest that maybe there's another alternative to treating COVID? Or if you're talking about the United States specifically, that there even is an alternative besides the vaccines. You're not allowed to say that anymore. And a lot of it is just by companies like Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. But the reality is it's being extended even out to the government. The Aaron Arnett Show. Well, very interesting. The. Jeez, I don't have words. Very interestingly, this week, 
A judge has stayed the Biden vaccine mandate, citing constitutional and other concerns. And well, in this day and age, you have to count small victories. Am I right? Because we're not getting a lot of them uh, <laughs> lately. We're not getting a lot of these small victories. And even though that is some good news, which I'm really excited for, by the way, I just want to thank you so much for, for downloading this program, sharing with your friends on Twitter and Facebook at Aaron Arnett show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter there and on Instagram owned by the meta company. Now, in case you're unaware that Facebook has changed their, their, their overall business name to meta and just like the Cleveland Indians, who I mean, these companies, they really got to look these things up because the Cleveland Indians decided to go all woke, don't want to be Indians anymore because, it, I mean, we could, you know, honor the Native Americans by keeping them, keeping their names and things. But no, we'd rather dis, we'd rather erase them from history by taking away uh, names like the Redskins and the Indians. So the Indians are no longer being called the Indians. Big announcement a couple months ago, they're going to be the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians! Yay! Oh, but then it turns out there was already a roller derby team in Cleveland called the Indians or called the Guardians. Guess what? The same thing has has happened in this thing as well. Facebook decided to change the name to Meta, and guess what? There's already a tech company called Meta. And now this is going to be in court. But guess what? Facebook, being as big as they are, decided that doesn't matter. We're just going to go ahead and call ourselves Meta. So if you've looked at any of your apps on your Facebook app, your your Instagram app, or if you use WhatsApp, not as popular in the States, but uh, all those now say from Meta. Oh, what a what a sick world. And they also introduced a virtual reality um, world, I guess you would call uh, Facebook did. I guess you'd use that with your Oculus thing. And they're, I mean, these guys, okay. First, I got to say something. I want to get back to this, the deal on, on the mandates and whatnot. But first, I got to say this Facebook thing, <clears throat> excuse me, is that they 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 want to do this whole thing where they figure, hey, guess what? Lockdowns are forever. We're never going to go back to normal. So what we're going to do instead, instead of trying to, you know, stand up for freedom and those kind of things like we used to in, in the internet, because the internet used to be the wild, wild west, and it was great. Because you could be free, you could be anonymous, you could find information, and then eventually control and greed, greed mostly, and control, greed from companies, control from governments started to come in and kind of just ruined the whole thing. The internet ain't what it used to be. But Facebook has decided, along with their government friends, that these lockdowns are never going to end. And so what we need to do is create a virtual business world. And so if you can look this up, look up the, the meta announcement by Facebook. They've got this virtual world they've created called the metaverse. It's very unique. And what you can do, it's a cool, this is a sweet video game. Video game. You're never going to guess what's coming out this year for the kids. You can basically live in this video game of your office life for work. You can have your own little avatar, your own little person who looks kind of like you, maybe a little skinnier, and you'll work in this fake world. And it'll be amazing because you'll do presentations 
and you'll be stuck behind a computer sitting on your butt for 40 hours a week or more since you'll be at home and employers will decide, well, you're already at home anyway. Why can't I email you? Stand up for your rights with that kind of stuff, by the way. So so you'll sit there behind your computer, but it's okay because you have a cute little avatar. He's got a mohawk. <laughs> this is the this is the kind of stuff that this world is the path that we're headed down because of fear of the coronavirus. It's insane. So, bad news. Have we already lost it? Maybe. Can we keep fighting? Yes. And I want you to be encouraged by that because I want you to hear from uh, a guy named Clay Higgins, representative out of Louisiana, I believe. And this was, to me, a very inspiring speech because there are people out there who think like us. And if you ever doubt that, look at the results of the elections. How many millions of people did not vote for Robinette Biden? Gentlemen, the oppressor's intent is for you to comply with their mandates and commands. And they don't expect for you to comply with their commands until the end of COVID. They expect you to comply with their commands until the end of time. Let me be very clear to all your oppressors. You've drawn a line in the sand. Be prepared to defend your position because some of us are free Americans and we would rather die on our feet than live on our knees. If you want to get a vaccine, get it. If you don't, don't. That's called freedom. Freedom is what's at stake. And some of us are prepared to carry that fight with every drop of our blood. On January the 3rd, 2023, Republicans will be sworn into the majority in this house behind us here. The hallowed halls of Congress shall once again be under the control of Republican conservatives. On that day, myself and many of my colleagues will introduce legislation to reinstate my military brothers and sisters with full pay back into your rank. So stay hard, stay strong, stay in shape. We're going to get you back in your slot. And to my business brothers and sisters out there, do not comply. Use Article 3. Put your attorneys to work. Stand your ground. You have about a year to make it and survive. You can do it, but stand for freedom, and you'll find yourself. Amazing there. Speech from Representative Clay Higgins. There are people not only out there working day-to-day jobs like you and I, grinding it out, but there are those who are in leadership positions who think like you and I, who want to save the Republic, who want to have this equal playing ground for all, not to have this divided, almost caste system based on vaccine mandates. That's where we are right now. We're dividing each other based on an experimental vaccine. And I don't care for, I don't care for the conservatives who have jumped on the COVID vaccine bandwagon. I really don't. Because if you want to get it, fine. Get it. But we shouldn't be mandating people to do it. And you shouldn't be berating people for choosing not to get the vaccine. If you got it, that's fine. That's that's good on you. 
You did what you thought you needed to do to protect your family. That's fine. That's also why I think that we should have great gun rights to protect me and my family. That's what I believe. So in the, in the midst of that good news, unfortunately, we have a little bad news from this new lady who is representing the White House. I don't know if Jim Psaki is on vacation or what. This is Corrine Jean-Pierre. Uh, thank you. The U.S. is now accepting fully vaccinated travelers from countries that were previously restricted during... This is a reporter asking her a question. ...how rapidly the Delta variant spread here within the United States over the summer. Why are there still no vaccine or testing requirements for domestic travel? So, you know, we say this all the time. Everything's on the table. We just don't have any announcement to, to preview right now on this. Um, so I, I don't have anything more to share on the domestic travel. Very interesting. So you're not denying you're thinking of bringing in vaccine mandates on the domestic domestic travel? I think we're reaching a very important point here. I think we're reaching a point where people have had just about enough. Now, here he is, your favorite self-proclaimed celebrity, Aaron Arnett. Well, that just about blew my eardrums out. Thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Guy. Super grateful for those little little intros and stuff we got here. Anyway, uh, to continue or to perhaps uh, slide on to something a little bit different as we wrap up the program here, I do want to talk about uh, some something that's been lost in in all this COVID stuff is all the the BLM riots, which is what they were last year. They were not peaceful protests. We're not dumb. We can see you know when whole cities are burning, <laughs> and uh, what happened as a result of one of those things. Out of all that was the Kenosha, Wisconsin protests that were going on. And the the trial the trial of the century that's happening right now in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Now, here's something you need to know. I want to explain to you the facts about what happened. I'm not going to explain. I'm not going to listen. I don't have no any. I don't have no. I don't have any. You know, prepared prepared written things to tell you about this Rittenhouse trial because it's been all over, and I've been reading a lot about it. And so I want to explain it to you in a, a simple uh, Second Amendment loving and <clears throat> factual way of what happened. And I will explain that. And But the other thing that I want to say is that this trial has been incredible because the defense has been so terrible. I really don't understand it. I mean, it really seems as if, okay, okay, you know what? I, I have to hold. I have to hold off on that opinion because I need to tell you what happened. Okay, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Why, why were people protesting? Well, people were protesting because police officers had shot Jacob Blake, man who had tried to kidnap his children, whose wife had a restraining order against him, I believe so, and who, when the police officer said, hey, uh, put your hands up, stop right there, we want to talk to you, he decided to go in and reach for a knife in his car, and he deservedly got a bunch of brass into his back and was ended up in a hospital and uh, has been since recovering. Thank goodness. It looks like he's been able to walk a little bit more, and that's that's nice. And 
I got to tell you, I had a little hope for a while because I had seen some interviews with him where he had said he wished he hadn't done it, but I feel like now he's changed his mind and and just saying other things going right along with the BLM people. By the way, BLM isn't paying his doctor bills. I don't believe so. They don't care about the family. They don't care about... Black Lives Matter does not care about black fathers. Bottom line. Prove me wrong. They don't. Or else they would have been working to keep guys like Jacob Blake with their families, being good fathers, being providers. But BLM doesn't care about that. Anyway, besides the point, that's why people were protesting in Kenosha. Okay, Kyle Rittenhouse at the time, 17-year-old kid uh, from Iowa, I believe. Again, sorry, I don't have prepared notes. Don't really need to know that. He's from another state, decides to go down to Kenosha, Wisconsin with a with an AR-15 style uh, rifle that his friends had bought for him. And that, listen, everything was totally legal, which they explained in the court. Uh, the defense attorneys asked the attorneys, attorneys, sometimes the trial seems like eternity, uh, the, the trial, the, the prosecution, so those working for the state, uh, questioned one of the witnesses, Kyle's friend, what's, what was the deal with the gun? Basically said, hey, we bought it for him, but we're going to keep it at our house. Totally legal! It'd be like if I bought you a gun, but I didn't give it to you. I bought me a gun, and I said, look, this is your gun. What does that mean? It means that, listen, I bought this gun, but it's going to stay with me, and anytime you come over to my house, we can go and use it, go to the shooting range or whatever, and we're going to consider this your gun, but it's not really yours. Rules and restrictions may apply. Don't try to do this in the state of California because you'll probably get in trouble for it. I don't know. But in the state of Wisconsin, completely legal. Not a big deal. Okay, gun issue, done. Prosecution, completely lost on, on that argument. Gun charges, stupid. And I think they'll probably end up dropping them if they, if they haven't already. Okay, next. So what happened? Okay, Kyle Rittenhouse decided to go and protect a car dealership protecting this car dealership. Uh, some guy decided to light a car on fire. Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, this is all on video. This isn't me telling you, oh, this is what people say happened. All of these things are on video that you can watch for yourself. Just seriously, get on YouTube, get on Rumble, one of those things, and look for Kyle Rittenhouse uh, shooting videos or timeline videos. They're all there for you to see. So Kyle goes with a fire extinguisher to put this fire out. Meanwhile, the first guy who he ended up killing starts chasing him with a chain. There are pictures of the guy with the chain. There's FBI drone video and other witness uh, bystander video of, of the guy chasing Kyle. Kyle feared for his life and lawfully shot the guy in self-defense who ended up dying. All right, that wasn't enough though. So then this crowd decides, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he was chasing the guy with the chain, but now he got shot. Now, how that was peaceful, but he got shot. And they start chasing Kyle. Mr. G Kyle ends up running down the street, running towards police to tell the police officers that he shot somebody. Meanwhile, he gets knocked down, or you know, he falls down. He trips and falls, and victim number two comes along. No, 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 not victim. Person who got shot, number two, comes along because the judge in this case did not allow the prosecution to call these people victims because they were attackers. They were rioters. They were not peaceful. They were not victims. 
There are people who got shot. Okay, guy comes with a skateboard, hits Kyle Rittenhouse in the head with the skateboard, and tries to take away his gun. Kyle shoots and kills him in self-defense. Another, easily verifiable by looking at the video, justified shooting. And what happened with the third guy? The third guy ran up with a gun. And Kyle, man, this guy was a great shot. Three for Almost went three for three with this one. Uh, but here's what happened. They described in the court today. This is uh, one of the witnesses. This is Gage Grosskreutz, and he is gross. Looking, look it up yourself, with uh, the if prosecution. Up in the air, he never fired, right? Correct. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. Whoa! What's that, Sonny? Everybody in this has been trying to make out Kyle Rittenhouse to be some crazed uh, mass shooter just going after everybody, but what did that witness just say? Kyle Rittenhouse didn't fire on him until this guy, Grosskreutz, pointed his own weapon at him. Self-defense, slam dunk. If I were the state of Wisconsin and I saw any of these videos... If you were the DA in this county, in this state or whatever, and you saw, <laughs> or I guess it'd be attorney general for the state, you saw these videos, if you haven't seen them yet, when you look at them the first time, you will realize every single one is self-defense. The only one that would take a little bit more research is the first one because the video, the witness uh, video, video taken by bystanders is a little far away. But guess what? There was video that the FBI was sitting on for however many months or a year, whatever this has been. They've been sitting on this footage, this drone footage that shows exactly what happened. And every single one of these was self-defense. Why is this important? Because there are many cases out there that go to trial, deservedly so, and it, it, you got to look at the evidence and you got to see, was this self-defense? Was it not? I'm telling you, my friend, if you love the Second Amendment, maybe you need to get yourself to a state that will protect your right to defend your family a little bit more. Because this Kyle Rittenhouse thing is slam dunk uh, acquittal material. I mean, I'm serious. Textbook self-defense. Three times over the course of like a minute and a half. No other clear example of self-defense. But they still prosecuted him. And if he doesn't acquit, if, he, if he's not acquitted, I'm telling you, this, this is the biggest injustice, in, injustice, in, in, injustice since O.J. Simpson walked in 1995 i'm telling you watch the videos <laughs> look it up you're gonna be surprised that this thing even end up even ended up going to trial it's insane it's because it's it's completely politically motivated let's not be politically motivated see you next time be sure you don't miss a single minute from the future of radio Subscribe to The Aaron Arnett Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at AaronArnett.show.
And if you have comments or questions, send an email to Aaron Arnett at ProtonMail.com. Thanks for listening to The Aaron Arnett Show.